And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. If we could just sort of start today's episode of Time Czars with a quick little kind of around the room status check in. Uh, two questions for both of you guys, Nate. Um, did you play offensive tackle on any level of football, and how's your back feeling? Um, the short answer is no. Uh, in my okay. glory days, as you would yeah. expect, I was wide out DB. Um, so I was not in the trenches much, didn't want to tackle. As I've told people before, I was the literal version of Marcus Peters in like middle and high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> before I realized, I don't need to be tackling people out here no more. Um, in That's terms funny. of but no though in, in terms of my back, um, yeah. there has been some there there has been some age, but I but yeah. I am able to get up walk. I could I could be a, a a pass. I guess I'm more of a pass rushing dummy. If that's what you need, I don't think that's what they sure. need. No, Seth. Any better news from you? I'm I'm really hoping. Yeah, you can hope in one hand and, well, no, uh, no, yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'm quite as qualified as the people they have in place, though the distance, I mean, we'll see how people perform. The distance seems to be closing as of late, so it's not great, Bob. No, it's not. I, you know, I think it would have probably been junior year of high school. You know, I got the, I got the, the, the reps in. Um, I think, I think it was right tackle at the time. I could pl- probably play other side. The issue though is my back has been killing me from how long I've had to carry this podcast. Ooh. So I'm gonna need, I'm nice. gonna need this. Like, get, we gotta you know, keep that good. in the locker room, Josh. We don't need everybody call, to I gotta know see this. If Rick Burkholder can help me out because I gotta, I, I gotta <laughs> stitch back there. No, that's like a word. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach, Coach Lehman, set him straight out here. He, listen, well, stay. You gotta stay in the locker room. You know, you can't be putting your putting your. Hey, just because I'm, you know, not keep pulling my weight. Whatever the cliche I'm looking for is, keep it in the locker room, Josh. That's a all right. Fair enough. Well, listen, Danielle, you took time off. Who the hell do you think you are taking <laughs> off two episodes? You were gone. You were gone. I had to teach uh, Kent and Marissa all of our good bits. Oof. Anyway. Yeah, Wolf is right. They both, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you've touched that's, base that's with them lately. Them. Yeah, yeah, that's directly uh, directly from the so, desks of Kent and Marissa. Woof. So the coach listened to our tape, not not watch the tape, because obviously this, is a, this yeah. is a podcast medium, but she listened to the tape and her, her analysis was Wolf. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, fair We enough. need to get back on track, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> well, listen, back to here's, work, boys. Here's, here's where we, here's how we get back to work. Here's back on track. Back on track right now is not especially good news for the Chiefs. And this is clearly, I think, the biggest story headed in to this weekend's game against the Saints. Every, uh, every one of the Chiefs' top three tackles has a back issue right now. Yep. 
the, to what what degree varying, I imagine, what surprise varying, because here's where we're at. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, at some point, suffered a back issue. He came out and played the first series against the Buffalo Bills. Mm. He, he's not played since. He was active, but a, but a scratch each week uh, on a week-to-week basis before going on IR. He could have returned to practice just by the rules of IR this week. He has mm-hmm. not. Last week, Mike Remmers leaves the game with some back issue of some sort. He's on the injury report, not practicing so far this week. Did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. But also on Wednesday, Eric Fisher shows up on the injury report, does not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with some back tightness of his own. Nate, you, you're you in the Zoom calls. You're I would say you're in the building, but this year that's obviously not true. Right. You've got the phone numbers. You've got the inside information. Nate, what the hell is going on? Are back issues contagious? <laughs> uh I, I guess um as I, I i've made the the poor joke that like are you guys pass blocking too much like is is there too much going on <laughs> but it's um every season can obviously turn on a few moments and this has the potential to be one of them because yeah. um people don't really appreciate eric fisher until he is not in the lineup and we all know mm-hmm. it we need to all acknowledge it that is a Pro Bowl left tackle. Um, kind of need him when, when Cam Jordan's on the field on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. It's trending that they're not going to have their top three tackles, which, again, say that sentence again, Josh, without their top three tackles when the mm-hmm. whole Chiefs offense is built on throwing the ball vertically, challenging you mm-hmm. at every inch, as John Gruden would say, every blade of grass. Um, it's unusual at this point in the year for me to actually look up the unofficial uh, official depth chart from the Kansas City Chiefs, which was released as of December 15th. (laughs) So what the team is telling you publicly is that if Eric Fisher doesn't play, if Mike Rimmers doesn't play, Martinez Rankin is your backup Mm -hmm. left tackle. And Yasir Durant would slide from that guard to tackle swing position as the backup to playing the right tackle position, which he has done occasionally for Mike Rimmers. Um, So Martinez Rankin hasn't played all year. In fact, he hasn't played in over a full calendar year. Um, Mm -hmm. No one really knows how he's looked in practice outside of like Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy did not want to answer that question. He sort of passed it on. Uh, He said that Yasir Durant is a professional football player. This is a fact. That is the only fact he wanted to acknowledge. (laughs) Like, so Uh, I don't know what this means moving forward, Seth, other than this could be a dark day. And as we mentioned earlier, maybe some of that New Testament plays need to come out earlier (laughs) rather than later. Uh, There's a specific screenshot that one of our loved listeners sent me that I need to discuss with you boys. But honestly, they don't have anybody else. It, it's not like you can sign somebody like it would be a normal year because you'd have to go through all the COVID protocols. There is literally no one outside of Yasir Durant, Martinez Rankin, and like I guess Daniel Kilgore if you needed him to play guard. But Seth, would you ask Andrew Wiley to slide from guard to tackle? Uh, um. So sometimes when you have my job, 
You know how you know that someone is about to not really answer a question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you I've know. I've gotten about three of those signals in the last three sounds you've made. <laughs> yeah. Look, sometimes there aren't any great answers. And you just can hope that things go well. Um, They do have players who have played snaps at the NFL level. And they have some flexibility because Wisniewski is around and that is maybe true. you can you can maybe kick someone outside like Andrew Wiley who does have some experience at tackle um Durant's time at tackle happened it's it was eventful oh as God. I would say oh. I would classify it, it was, as an eventful experience. it was eventful <laughs> and look sometimes with players I have talked to players who have said that coming in cold in a is game so hard at tackle is super hard so hard um and so it's really hard, especially tackle because you're playing better athletes. And one problem is Cam Jordan plays for the Saints. And <laughs> Chiefs fans, like, I don't know how much, like, depends on how much NFL you watch. He is really good. He's like, mm-hmm. for edge rushers, he's like close up there with that Khalil Mack good. Like, mm-hmm. he's not quite Mack, but he's pretty close. And so, and their pass rush is good. So, yeah, and so like in the middle, uh, David Onyemata is also very good. And if you do like the Andrew Wiley, like maybe you move him outside thing. Well, now welcome welcome into the game. Good luck, uh, Nick Allegretti and whoever else ends up playing at the other guard. It's all scary. It's so all yeah, spooky. Yeah, if you put, put him Wisniewski in at right guard, I actually think they should have done that already. But mm-hmm. so that I'm cool with. I just think you're going to need to see. I'm actually in the process. I have I was going to write about why on earth isn't Willie Gay Jr. playing more, and I probably still will on Saturday. <laughs> but I might. I think I'm going to write up a few things that I think the Chiefs can do um, on the Chief of the North newsletter, which you can uh, you know not only subscribe to for the low, low price of $12, but you can give the gift of happiness in the Christmas season with the Chief of the North newsletter. Anyway, so... Masterful. Thank you. Really smooth. Thank yeah, you, guys. Really um. So uh, there are things you can do to compensate for bad pass blocking, and the Chiefs have had to do it before, and Andy Reid's really good at it. But if the other team knows that your pass blocking is bad, it's harder to do those things because it's like, hey, hey, guys, guys, watch out for screens because mm-hmm. they know they can't block us. Is that trips so right? Bubble. It's <laughs> going to be a bubble screen. <laughs> uh, yep. So there's things you can do. Having Patrick Mahomes is the great equalizer. But we saw, you know, at, early against the Dolphins that he can still be pressured and mm-hmm. give up 30-yard sacks, which I have had more people give me a hard time about. Like, I, I had a judge email me about that. It's like, man, that was a pretty awful sack, huh? I'm like, what? That's not fair. Like, I can't I can't say anything back because you know, he's a judge. And so, well, it's true. And so, I, uh, <laughs> it makes my life difficult. It's like, you have so much power over me right now, so I probably shouldn't, you know, I'll, I'll give him Josh's DM and call it a day. And yeah, that's what Thank I did. You. So, I, I just, there's things you can do, but honestly, there's no good answer here. There's no, like, you can hope the guys who step in play better than you think a backup will. And these are pros. You never know. Every now and then, most average-ish offensive linemen can string together a couple of good games in a row. Even subpar guys can string together a couple good games in a row. So you're kind of hoping that you can just, all you need is hopefully, hopefully, a game. I'm more worried about the future than I am just about Sunday because back stuff is like, 
well, that's gross. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a little worried. Uh, Nate, why don't you head down that direction? Do you know anything at this point? Because, listen, I mean, the... I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember if there was talk about Mitch Schwartz's back leading up to that Buffalo mm-hmm. game, but if there was anything that was making anybody nervous, you see, ah, Mitchell Schwartz is starting. Cool. Well, this will be fine then. And then he plays one series and has been gone for a We knew there was something kind of going on with Schwartz, but at least wasn't ruling the conversation like this. Uh, do you have any feel for, I mean, at least with Rimmers, we saw something happen in the game to some extent. Fisher felt like it was out of nowhere. What did you make of... of of them showing up when they did on Wednesday and, and what that might mean for the long term. Yeah, the bigger problem is Fisher um, would be my quick answer because um, playing left tackle for obvious reasons, mostly, you know, protecting the blind side uh, is most important in this time. We obviously have, have known the excellence of Mitchell Schwartz um, because he's not back from IR just yet in terms of being designated to return to practice. Um, it's pretty clear that the Chiefs are now in a tightrope situation. They kind of need the bye week more than they would like to put on because of this. Um, if you can get the number one seed, that gives Mitchell Schwartz more time. Will Mitchell Schwartz play before the regular season finale? Can't really tell you that. Not looking likely, though. Um, so that makes left tackle a little bit more interesting just because Eric Fisher has been so reliable. Um, it's a surprise to see him on the injury report. And it's a legitimate concern now that he's missed two straight days of practice. Because what I always like to tell people, and you fellas know this, Thursday is when you actually start doing stuff for that mm-hmm. week's opponent. Here's what we're actually going to do now that we've put in every install for that week's opponent. Friday is a lot of cleanup, situational football. Andy Reid likes to talk about third down, red zone. You know, what are we? what's our first play coming out of a turnover? What, you know, if we're going to take shots, I kind of want to see them at certain spots of the field in terms of deeper routes. But, like, Friday stuff is all, like, breaking the game plan apart and then doing small things to, you know, just help you understand what your responsibilities are. Thursday is like, okay, this is legitimately the real the real game plan. Like, this is what we're going to to do based on our opponent's strengths and weaknesses. It's, it's a problem because... Obviously, now you need help from tight ends. That will change some of the personnel decisions that they make. Um, because you may not have Eric Fisher and or Mike Rimmers, how does that help you with your numbers in case of somebody who actually plays on Sunday gets hurt? You always have to think about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm i surprised that... And obviously, we'll get sort of the injury report designation tomorrow. I should mention that too. Friday, Andy usually comes out and says... We'll see, or he's out. Here's mm-hmm. the tale, kids. If you don't practice for Andy Reid on Friday, Thursday, or Wednesday, nine times out of ten, you ain't playing on Sunday, regardless of what he says. So yep. just keep that in mind when the news comes out as to who practices or who doesn't tomorrow. So there might be an exception for Eric Fisher because you kind of need your left tackle who's a Pro Bowl player, and maybe he can get away with it. For one week, if he doesn't practice, if it helps his back heal up. Again, this is a really fluid situation. We've mentioned this before, Mr. Source. Back injuries are hard to sort of get a wrap on just because backs are tricky. Like it's it's, it's hard to explain, but it, it's surprising. And if there was COVID, if there was an ankle, if there was going to be a hamstring, like you look down the list of like possible things that could disrupt 
this, you know, historic offense, back injuries to offensive linemen is not on it's not on the bingo card, Josh. It it just isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But but now that we're facing it, it feels like a like like it should have been the whole time. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like because mm-hmm. and Seth, I'll let you talk to this as much as you feel like. But you know, we can talk about Mahomes as a great equalizer and all sorts of things. I mean, I I, I sort of think that that you know maybe maybe we get a couple professional tackles and then the three of us go play center and two guard spots. I don't know who gets what. We'll figure it out later. Um, I I think that we could probably just just be we could be killed on over the course of three plays, but in those three plays, Mahomes would have a couple of chances to just find Travis Kelsey. Um, I didn't really want to see that theory tested out, though. I mean, how how nervous does this make you, Seth? Whenever you look at the the likelihood that maybe let's let's say for the sake of argument and for the sake of having something in place undrafted free agent Yasir Durant and hasn't played a game in over a year, Martinez Rankin. With an interior offensive line that has not been deeply loved on this year by anybody watching it, how how much pause does that give you? Well, one thing to think about is we have seen games where the Chiefs offensive line, the tackles are getting whipped. We've seen that. Now, it's been super rare with Schwartz, right? Right. But mm-hmm. earlier this season, and Mahomes was, there were a few snaps, maybe even more than a few in a couple of games where he wasn't helping them because he was getting a little jittery back and too far off. Schwartz wasn't really playing like himself earlier this year. Yeah. And everyone knows it. And so we've seen, like, the Chargers game, Fisher and Schwartz were both losing a lot more than they normally do. And so we've seen how Mahomes can respond to that, and he can still make big plays, and Andy Reid can help scheme around it. I don't see a situation where the Chiefs offense is going to be inept. Right, I just think it's going to be tough. Um, I think you're going to have to be a little more limited schematically. Yep. And to me, it just they they can do certain things. You know, they'll call some uh, you know some rollouts with the tight end taking on the edge. You know, for shot plays. You know, you can do a bunch of different jet sweep things and screens and quick throws and RPOs. You can still do a lot of these things. And I think it's worth noting that. Andy Reid protects his offensive linemen, except for the right tackle, which they've adjusted to this year, right? Mm -hmm. He protects his offensive linemen scheme-wise better than almost anyone. Now, he doesn't send a lot of help to Fisher's way, and and Fish deserves a lot of credit for that, but Reid does help him out with slides and and the direction of the bootlegs and and just the various RPO-type stuff and whatever that that gives defenders pause. You're just going to need to see some of that because this is a really good Saints defense. And prior to just this last week where people, you know, the conversation was more about how Taysom Hill really can't play quarterback very well. You know, they were talked about as just this brutal, vicious defense. Now, I maybe take a look at some of the things the Eagles did to give them trouble that a young, inexperienced quarterback was able to execute pretty well. I would take a look a lot at that tape. Because it didn't, it was done to protect the quarterback. You don't need to do that with Mahomes, but it can protect the offensive line too. Yeah, I think I also, and I also think too, whoever the five men are on the offensive line, Andy Reid kind of alluded to this Wednesday, perhaps because he can project what the possibilities might be for him on Sunday. Um, but they they need to be more balanced running the football in terms of play calling, and he probably knows that. Um, hang on, hang on. What was that word you used, Nate? 
They need yeah, to be I didn't like it. They need it to be what? Because I think I heard I think I heard Josh's soul temporarily leave its body. Yeah, um, I didn't like it. They, 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 they need see, to, and I gotta they, tell they you, they need to be balanced. I'm not Mr. They, need, they need to balanced in twenty in this economy. I, I, I this is the rare circumstance where <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards Alaire just 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 might need to touch the ball more. Um, and you might. Hey, hey, Clyde, <laughs> hey, Clyde, go run behind you, Sir Durant. Okay, Coach, are you sure? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Run blocking is. Is easier than pass block. True, and um, making making Cam Jordan and Trey Henderson just just work a little bit, not pin their ears back the entire game. You know, yeah. could be to your benefit. Just 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 saying. Now they're still going to take shots. I don't want to make it seem like the Chiefs aren't going to try to throw the ball deep to Tyreek Hill. Like I know who's on this team. Um, yeah, but this is a big day for maybe Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson could play a role to some extent. Hell, put Travis Kelsey back in the backfield. Some of my favorite plays in this chasm of a playbook is, all right, y'all, Um, can we do fullback, full house? Can we do, like, you split, you start splitting out wide, but then you're going to come back to me in the shotgun because I'm Travis Kelsey? Like, there, there's chances for them to get ridiculously rinky-dinky, and it just brings me to... um. The screenshot that everybody should look for uh, that I kind of retweeted today from, uh, you know, lovely snowman 2168, who sent out some hot garbage <laughs> formation of a three down lineman <laughs> and six receivers out with a, with a yes. quarterback in the shotgun <laughs> with the running back. I'm not saying they need to do this play. But they kind of need to do this formation <laughs> on Sunday. So I'm guessing what? Austin Ryder, Stefan Wisniewski, and, you know, Nick Allegretti. And then just just six wide outs. Just five, five receivers, <laughs> one Kelsey. Yes. You know, Pat and Clyde. I'm just saying just do it. Just do it like two plays and just see what happens. Because, you know. I, I, I'm, I've often wondered how the oop-de-oop would work. With the Chiefs running it, with Travis Kelsey on one side of the field, like, can you create a situation where you legit make the other team have to man cover Kelsey? Because I feel like that's it. That's the scheme. Hey, I, I'm I'm all here. I'm all ear for it. Let let's you know we're at, we're cooking at the whiteboard right now. Okay, like True. it's just. I mean, Josh, what is, what are your recommendations, sir? I mean, how can we how can we make sure for one week at least if you could tell Eric Fisher. Hey man, like just just chill. We know you want to play. We don't want your back to be hurt further because you rushed it. Mitchell Schwartz is, you know, hopefully waiting in the wings. Like, we we just we just go out we go for a week, we gonna go out there and score 30 somehow, some way. Um, Josh, how we doing that? <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, so here's here's my version. I think we're all we're all taking turns at the whiteboard. Here's what I'm doing. You got your five offensive linemen. You're gonna go ahead. You're gonna go ahead and put four receivers out wide. Split them out. That's including Kelsey, obviously, right? You're gonna have four pass catchers actually out wide. What are we at now? Nine plus the quarterback. Yep. You can give a tight end help to one side if you want, um, or just go five wide. But I'm making one personnel change. One personnel change. Austin Ryder, you're out of here. James Winchester, welcome to the offense. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has the arm to go ahead and just take long snaps and then run the offense. Yeah, that you're way. like you're, he's not bad. Yeah, you're like eleven yards off the ball. Yeah, right, right, right. Yes, right. yes. It's just, it's just. Listen, guys up front, just try to get, just get a little bit of a delay here. Mahomes knows he's not going to have a lot of time. We got some great route trees happening over there. It's going to be fine. We're gonna, we're gonna. Have, oh my goodness, we're gonna pick plays for days, rub routes for days. We're gonna have screens, but the screen the screen pass is still gonna have to go ten yards forward. <laughs> That's the move I'm making. James Winchester at center, throw the ball every single play, but do it from from twelve yards behind the line of scrimmage. What do you plus a three step? What, what do you think, Danielle? You think we got a winning game plan, coach? <laughs> what could go wrong, I, Danielle? What, what could go Danielle, wrong? If, if you sort of if we could take some of your hockey expertise and bring that to football, I don't know how can we give them sticks? Can we can we cross check guys while running routes? Can can is that is that available? I don't see anything in the rules that says we can't. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm. I got the rule book open right now, and it doesn't it doesn't say can't carry sticks. That's not in the rule book. <laughs> it just seems like a crazy oversight, but it's just so specific. It's only cheating if it doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's also true. This is all accurate. Yeah. You're, and I, yes, hope, that's a I lawyer. hope Bill Belichick isn't tape isn't taping the podcast we're taping is what I'm trying to get out of my mouth now. Uh, he's not. Well, listen, he he's not. Now, is there is there someone working for Patriots production <laughs> rolling on this show? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's just sort of. They're still in the end. Cincinnati Beagles press box, being like, <laughs> "Yeah, Shh, what you talking about? <laughs> Whoa, what's my name out your just... mouth, man?" Making hype videos is fine. Making hype videos. We're, we're just tracking the guy who does advanced scouting for the team we're playing because we need to get doves because if we don't get a bye, we ain't got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous about the offensive line, I'm going to be honest. I know that being nervous on a Chiefs offensive scale is still less than I was, I guess, nervous every single day of my life before Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes started playing football together in Kansas City. But it's still, I'm, I'm a little I'm But a think nervous. about it. Think about it in this context. If Patrick Mahomes walks into the Superdome without all-pro Mitchell Schwartz, without Pro Bowl Eric Fisher and hangs 31 on the Saints and walks out of there with a win. <laughs> Hand the man the trophy today, okay? Like, I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is passing the players that are not as talented as the Chiefs. I'm just stating facts out here. That honestly might be his biggest 
his biggest advocacy for his super for his MVP candidacy. Is Matt LaFour as good as injury? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Is it does he have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? No. Actually, he might be the MVP. Anyway, if tra- <laughs> Patrick Mahomes <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes goes out there and wins and has an even better performance against the Saints than he did last week against the Dolphins, because as I can tell you, um, watching all these games, track the games where you think Patrick Mahomes has a bad game. And then track what happens the next game. It's it's um it's statistically wild. So look, if he does it, hand him the trophy. Although Aaron Rodgers is obviously in the in the same atmosphere, um, I would also say too that because of what is going on with the Chiefs, um, I don't know how many medical treatments will be given per a shot before game time, mm-hmm. and will they? And will the majority of them go to Drew Brees? Okay, Drew Brees, right. Might walk through that door. <laughs> yeah, and you beat me to the punch on that. But yeah, that's the other big thing right now. Certainly from the Saints' perspective, it, it sounds maybe slightly more likely that it's going to be Taysom Hill. But but Drew Brees has been designated to return from IR. Uh, he's got a billion cracked ribs that he's coming back from. The Saints have an uphill climb to, to get past the Packers for the one seed in the NFC. And, and frankly, the two seed's not even locked in because the Rams and the Seahawks are right behind them. Uh, but but what do you what do you get the feeling that the Chiefs are preparing for, Nate? And then, Seth, you can hop in after that to, to what you're looking at in terms of, of how different that offense looks between the two quarterbacks. Um, Tyron Matthew honestly said today that it's easier for the Chiefs to prepare as if they're playing Taysom Hill just because there's a much smaller sample size from what we've seen the last couple of weeks than the breadth and depth of the illustrious career of Drew Brees. Like, nothing in the Saints' offense is changing with Drew Brees. Actually, the, the Drew Brees in the, is like the glove for Sean Payton. Like, it's they are so perfect from one another that schematically it's not a big hurdle. The bigger hurdle is focusing on Taysom Hill, and if Drew Brees somehow walks, if he walks on that field, then, you know, I think Steve Spagnuolo and his staff have clearly watched enough tape that they can sort of adjust to it, which is different than, say, you know, what happened earlier this year, where (laughs) they're like, okay, (laughs) the grand opening of SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Chargers. Walking out, is that Justin Herbert? Holy smokes, why is he out here? (laughs) Yo! We don't have any film. <laughs> this, quick, somebody look up tape on Oregon. Why would we do that? I don't know. That's the last time we played football. But like, at least they're not. At least they won't have to go from that, right? Where like, if Drew Brees went down yeah. and they pulled in Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill hadn't played for the last month, that would be harder. But at least this way, Tyree or excuse me, Tyre Matthew was like, "Well, we're gonna play Taysom Hill. We think we're gonna play Taysom Hill if we play Drew Brees." I think all of us on defense have played Drew Brees before not named Legereus Sneed. Yeah. Seth, I want you to talk about what that might look like from the Chiefs' perspective, but also a part of your story up in The Athletic this week. You looked at the Chiefs' pass rush looking better against the Dolphins, so I'll let you, the wordsmith you are, weave all those things together because I, I know that the defense's job will change a little bit from, from Taysom Hill to Drew Brees, and, and then also just sort of what you've seen, what you saw last week that, that maybe was a nice little bright spot. Oh, no, I'd love Seth to do all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and with, 
We're gonna pretend that I didn't just have uh, Zoom on mute and was on the phone with a social worker while we were podcasting and told them I have to call them back and not tell them why. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it felt it felt like Nate and I had kind of passed the ball back and forth for a little bit there, yep. and I was like, I really, I really want to make sure Seth's ready. Hey, Seth, here's the ball, and yep. you caught it right before it hit you in the face. <laughs> yep, I did. Literally, no, it was right about to hit me in the face. I um. <laughs> so you you were asking me to wordsmith together many things that I definitely heard you uh, heard you say. Yeah. So and I know that I know you know, but sometimes people listening to a podcast might kind of click out for a second. So I totally understand that maybe they would want the clarification of you know, kind of trying to to wrap their hands around the idea. I know you knew this, Seth, but the around around sort of the difference between preparing for Breeze and Hill and and what the what the Chiefs are probably looking at there in terms of the Saints offense. And then also, you know, that excellent article that, that you heard me mention mm-hmm. that you wrote on the athletic that includes a little <laughs> bit of a look at the Chiefs pass rush, taking maybe a little bit of a step forward against the Dolphins and and just kind of how all those things pair together is what I know you heard me say, but the podcast listeners might have needed a refresher. I on. I did. I did. Sometimes, you know, as people are driving, you know, someone almost, you know, runs into them, cuts them off. They're yelling and screaming, yeah. swearing at each other. And they're like, oh, crud, I missed part of the podcast. So to weave all of these things masterfully oh. together Mwah. is something that I might not be able to do because I wasn't really paying attention when you were talking this time, even though Ooh, I was. Twitter, no, OK, really? I'm sorry. Okay, so but you got it the first time. That's fine. No, this is a no rewind episode. I'll just repeat it one more time. No, no, no. You're absolutely oh, okay. fine. I do want to talk about the Chiefs pass rush. I would like for you to. Because it was interesting. Um, yeah, after several weeks of being kind of, actually multiple weeks of being, and I know you didn't think I could make the exact same noise twice in a row, but I did. <laughs> um, they they really, they hassled Tua all day Sunday. And it was kind of, it was pretty consistent beginning to end, including, and I've had some people ask me about this, including the final drive where... You know, a lot of people talk about this, and Josh, you and I talked about this um, on Almost Entirely Sports, your phenomenal show on 810 Radio. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. And so even though the, the the Dolphins scored that final drive, they it took them like six and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And at that point in the game, they didn't have six and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a six and a half minute drive is a pretty long drive. It's not terribly long, but it's pretty long. And basically what Spagnolo kept doing, he's like, I'm going to keep blitzing and you're going to have some one-on-one matchups in the middle of the field. And if you find them fine, but it's only going to be for about between six to 10 yards. And if you want to dink and dunk your way down the field with that clock, just ticking away while you're down two scores, go for it. And that's what they did. And he said, and by the time the chiefs got the ball back, you know, you got four minutes left. And all you need to do is get a first down. And they did. Of course, then they did a bunch of other things like, you know, run out of bounds instead of staying in bounds and then get a penalty and made it way more interesting than it should have been. But whatever. So the pass rush beginning to end was getting home. What was interesting to me is that it wasn't necessarily um, just because they were blitzing a ton. They've been doing that for a while. They had multiple pressures and hits on that, but they also had quite a few individual wins. And I think the biggest difference from this game and previous games, it wasn't just the blitzes getting home because Spagnuolo's blitzes are generally pretty effective. Um, Less effective when he has to blitz all the time, which has been a problem at times this year. They had good performances from kind of the bit players, right? Um, You had Alex Okafor executing a few stunts really well. And that's Okafor. He'll win a few um, with a bull rush on his own. 
Every game, he'll win a couple like that. But he's not a great pure pass rusher. He's better than passing, you know, I think, by a fair margin. But what he's good at doing, he's good at executing these stunts. He goes where he needs to go. He will plow into, like on the safety, he will plow into the right guard and center and just, like, blow up the entire interior so Chris Jones can loop around and get a safety, right? Um, Tershawn Wharton. Really good game rushing the passer. It wasn't just the sack. I mean, he really could have collected two or three more if Tua wasn't so slippery. And so you had better individual performances, and the question is going to be, can they continue that against offensive lines that aren't maybe quite as young as Miami's, right, quite as inexperienced, that sort of thing. Um, On another note, and this is just something I noticed, so the pass rush, we'll call it trending up for one game. Mm. Mm-hmm. On another note, one thing I noticed that I ended up writing about quite a bit is that for as good a job as I think Steve Spagnolo has done, I almost feel like they're reaching a point of diminishing returns in terms of stunts and blitzing. And that might sound crazy because like with Bob Sutton, it's like, can you just run two stunts a game, Bob? Can you just <laughs> one time not just line everyone up and say, well, meet your guys. Can you just not? Well, Spagnolo has kind of gone the opposite direction where they're running a ton of stunts every game. And at times, watching Chris Jones try to loop rather than just beat the guy in front of him makes you think, eh, is that the best use of this guy? And even more specifically, there were a couple plays where there were so many guys blitzing. There was one in particular on a third and five where the Chiefs, had, had they not blitzed, Jones gets a sack because Dan Sorensen blitzed and the running back made a nice block and put Sorensen and himself right in Jones's path mm. after he had just thrown the, the left guard out of his way. And that's one thing that can happen when you're blitzing or running a lot of stunts is it can kind of make it a little harder for guys to just win individually. And I'm just, it was just something I noticed that I didn't expect that I've never seen before in terms of on the Chiefs defense where it's kind of like, man, there were a few plays there where maybe just see if you can, you know, space guys out a little bit to where you get Jones or maybe Wharton, who is showing himself to be way too quick for interior linemen, you know, one-on-one on the inside and see what they can do. I'd like to see a little more of that moving forward and a little less being so scheme dependent. Now, the reason he started being so scheme dependent is because the pressure wasn't getting there. So I get it. There's a fine line to be had there, but it was good to see. Oh, and also Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. And I believe I've said this before, but if you think otherwise, I don't care what you think because you clearly think things that are just crazy. Just crazy. I wrote about that too, but I didn't say it like that. I don't think The Athletic would have published that. Yeah. Now, now, what everyone just heard Seth do there was just not not trust his point guard at all that we were going to try to come back to the Travis Kelsey thing. Just no trust whatsoever. Just you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get my own rebound. I'm gonna get another shot off here, and you can that I wrote about Travis Kelsey. Fine. You, no, that's fine, Seth. That's fine. You no, gotta remember I mean, you that I started out podcasting on something called the Chief in the North, and it was just me. I was a one man show, <laughs> and so I just my trust. You know, I've been hurt before, Josh. <laughs> That's fair. And you've been hurt by me many times on this podcast in a way that's totally reasonable. Yeah, no, that actually makes sense. But Um, yes, let's talk about Kelsey. Let's do it. We're not going to. We're not going to. You already See, did. This is why I don't trust. But no, on the, specifically though to the to the defense, the 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 pass rush taking again trending upward there, I think is really, a really nice way of putting it. Because you're right that the Dolphins have a a young offensive line there that's still. Well, it, 
we try not to make sweeping judgments on one game, even whenever that would be a pleasant thing to do. And so trending up is nice. And, and this week should be interesting regardless of, of who plays quarterback. But Nate, with that information being filed away and, and as we're kind of talking about Taysom Hill partway and Breeze partway, what's what's the Chiefs' best strategy with, with the pass rush they've got now and, and hopefully, again, trending upwards? What, the, what might those game plans look like differently from Hill to Breeze? I, I feel like some of the blitzing for Breeze is to get him off his off his spot when you expect him to release the ball based on the timing and the precision that is involved with the Saints are running the offense with him as as the quarterback. Um, with Taysom Hill, you have to play more contained. It's almost the opposite. It's almost yeah. the literal opposite, which is yeah, you have to play, you put it that way. Yeah, you have to play a more contained style defense, make sure guys are being true in their rushing lanes. And then if you, honestly, if you make him leave the pocket, it's to your benefit. Almost the way Josh Allen used to play before he got good because of yeah. Stephon Diggs. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, you're saying, ooh, Taysom Hill's out of the pocket. Yes. All right, next down, kids. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't throw us the ball. I will say that um, I'd be really interested if Tyron Matthew is used as a blitzer um, in this game just because it's a funky look that quarterbacks have to sort of go through mentally, um, which is something you could use probably more on Taysom Hill than maybe Drew Brees. But, you know, a lot of this game from the defensive side comes down to can Daniel Sorensen guard Jerry Cook? <laughs> like, so much of this, I think, because Cook is still valuable to both quarterbacks, regardless of the play style that they want to be. If, if the Saints is... They, they want to be up-tempo, rhythm, quick passing, precision. Like, Cook gets involved just as much as Alvin Kamara. I know, Seth, you tend to think that, you know, hey, maybe Tyron Matthew will be on 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 Kamara a little bit just because uh, they can both be that sort of that sort of bishop on the chessboard where you're just understanding, like, how they kind of move and, and synchronize with one another. I do get the sense that um, for the bump-and-run man-to-man coverage that the Chiefs play – uh, you need somebody to get home. And there may be more of an onus on the defense Sunday than the offense because of everything we've acknowledged earlier. Like, this may be a game where you know you're playing a playoff opponent, a championship caliber, maybe NFC representative in the Super Bowl. If the defense can have a day and lead the team to a victory, mostly from the defensive perspective, just because Patrick Mahomes is obviously going to be having to be more improvisational. He's going to have to extend plays a little bit longer. He's going to have to think quicker on his feet just because of the clock in his head based on what he would normally have given the regular you know protectors in front of him. If the defense can have a big day, this would be a good trend to not only build off of what they did in Miami, but to sort of reestablish themselves as a reliable group come playoff time because – Look, I don't know what we'll see from the Falcons. Hell, I don't know. And I don't care what we may see from the Chargers um, when the season <laughs> finale comes. But this is really the last test for the Chiefs in terms of higher caliber opponent, much like the Dolphins, much like the Buccaneers, that you are probably going to see similar to what you face in January, whoever that may be, obviously, from the AFC. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And Nate, I know you got a story coming on Tyron Matthew uh, soon up on The Athletic. Also, offensively, you guys each have one more thing that I did want to touch on, something that I think you were working on last episode, Nate, but we didn't get to talk about. We can talk about it now. Um, you wrote about Patrick Mahomes against the Blitz, and we've talked about it many times. Over. We're going to have to get all the way into the guts of it, but I think it's at least worth a mention and reminding people that's up on The Athletic right now. And then, Seth, you wrote about Travis Kelsey in that piece that you mentioned momentarily ago. Would you guys each like to take one little crack from the offensive side on both of those stories before we kind of give a, a little prediction and wrap it up? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. It's stupid. Please. It's so stupid. Please don't blitz him on third down. But Nate, what about on <laughs> But what about But Nate, what if Yeah. It's always stupid. All of the above. What well, well, well if they don't have tackles in blah 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 blah. It's yeah. less stupid as I pointed in the story if you're the Denver Broncos and you got away with it twice on seven man blitzes cuz you know, they didn't challenge the one touchdown to Tyreek Hill, and then Tyreek Hill caught a touchdown, but then Nick Allegretti held, so they kind of got away with it. Like, again, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is absurd. Like, if, again, if Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP, it's because he does not play with Travis Kelsey, he does <laughs> not play with Tyreek Hill, and he is not coached by Andy Reid. But if Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP, it's because he's the greatest quarterback against the Blitz in any season in NFL history. Like, it is unprecedented what he is doing in terms of a quarter of his passing yards, which are already over 4,000, are when teams blitz him. Stop doing it. Um, I didn't put this in the story, Jess, but you know there was one team this year that did not blitz Patrick Mahomes. At all? Can you guess who that <gasps> who team is? is? I, I counted one blitz against Patrick Mahomes from this team earlier this year. I mean, my, my immediate guess would be the Chargers, but that was so long ago. Nope, not the Chargers. Patriots. No, actually, the, the Patriots blitzed him quite a bit in the first half, um, which sort of confused him because of, you know, Bill Belichick. 
It was actually Sean McDermott's Buffalo Bills. Oh, oh yeah. Who were, yeah. as Seth noted to us in, in real time, are their linebackers literally going backwards at the snap at a football? They were. They were backpedaling yeah. at the snap. It was like, I've never I've seen never anyone seen do that, that anymore. That. I was at just this like, level but, of play, that, I know. Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to do. But I guess, I mean, and hey, I mean, Mahomes didn't he like, did not like them up. his will yeah. on them. He, he, yeah. he only lit them up in the red zone to two touchdowns of Travis Kelsey, which, again, were just marvelous. But they only blitzed him once, and here's the problem. Um, the Chiefs could have scored 30 points had they not had a couple things go their way. Obviously, they won the game relatively comfortably because Clyde Rosalier had his best game as a as a NFL player, uh, sure. rushing for over 160 yards. Um, they blitzed Patrick Mahomes one time. Uh, it turned out to be a passing play to Clyde Rosalier for minus two yards. Problem with that is DB was so frustrated that he got worked by. Demarcus Robinson on the previous play, he slammed Edwards Alaire to the ground out of bounds. Yeah. Sean McDermott is like, what the hell are you doing? And the DB's like, but look, man, I just got worked by Demarcus Robinson. I'm so tired. We're not doing anything correctly. And so it was a 15-yard roughing, uh, not roughing the pass, but like unnecessary. Um, Roughness, yeah. Yeah, penalty. Personal so thought, they, yeah. They, they, they still gave 15 yards and a first down on it. And guess what Sean McDermott was like? Not blitzing anymore. They blitzed <laughs> one time for minus two yards. And they lived to tell the tale, but they got beat. Okay, so maybe more teams should be like the Bills. Because even the Dolphins, who are great at blitzing this year, got cooked by Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. None of the three turnovers came when he was blitzed. It was actually when you had seven defenders, I don't know, to where the ball might go when he throws it. Just, just I know this sounds... Well, he sees I it. I know this sounds simple coaches and i know i've told you to call us literally just call times ours like i don't know who the chiefs will face in the first round but just in the second round they get the buy just call us if you wanted to make it like a competitive game because what we're telling you on the whiteboard is you see you have the ability to have five dbs two linebackers or four dbs three linebackers if those guys are anywhere <laughs> near the ball you may have a better chance of pass defending but the moment you bring those dudes forward, you're cooked, okay? You're yeah. absolutely cooked from Patrick Mahomes' standpoint. So we'll see what the Saints do. They may be more encouraged to blitz because of the O-line situation from the Chiefs. I would still tell them, don't you do that. Don't you make this, yeah, man, don't you make this man play like it's 2018 and he was just starting to learn NFL, okay? Because he still threw for 50 yep. touchdowns in that season, even though he didn't know the protection calls back then. Right. I really think, like, you you see what Baltimore did, and they kept just trying the same stuff. It gave Mahomes problems in 2018. Some of those, that's what New England did. You know, you, you stacked the line of scrimmage, and you couldn't tell who was, who was going yep. who. These days, those protections, watch those. Even when someone eventually gets through, it's not because the protections aren't there. It's like he's got bodies in the way. And one of the problems when you blitz, and, and I just talked about this in terms of blitzing, is you've got linebackers sprinting in. They're not defensive linemen they're not built to beat offensive linemen right they they don't have there's not a lot of moves you can do sprinting full speed and they know where you're coming right you and you just got to square up so when you're blitzing if you can if if quarterbacks can get a body in your way it's going to slow you down long enough for the pass to go out right because there's a natural vulnerability that gets created i hope the saints blitz because 
they would be giving away a singular advantage that they currently have, which is that they ought to be able to get pressure with four mm. or three. I mean, like the way things are going, what, maybe that's... two, maybe just two wide. Hey, nines. Was, <laughs> hey, look, look, if we convince them to go two, fellas, we can run that three, that three linemen, six wide <laughs> yeah, outside. <that's> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do a little flag football. Yeah. I would dig that. So, it's just it's going to be interesting because of what they decide to do is the Saints. My understanding is they're a team that really likes to rush four. Yes. They like to get home. They trust Cam. I mean, and they should. Um, if they decide to go from what they normally do and blitz more, and they blitz some, but not as much. If they decide to do that, I would be relieved because then it becomes more of a schematic game of Mahomes versus the defense. And that's an advantage the Chiefs win almost every time. Whereas if it's more of a contest like what the Chargers do, where it's the Chiefs front five against their front four, and we think our guys can beat your guys, that's tougher to scheme around. And it's just a, a tougher thing overall. So no, I'm very interested in that matchup too. That'll be That'll be fun to watch. Maybe. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, <laughs> Might not be fun. Do you want to uh, give your Travis Kelsey sales pitch again, or are you are you happy with where you? Yes. Went? How do you want to do this? I I would just say, um, you know, it's just a little blurb at the end of the article, um, on on the big touchdown to Tyree yes. Kill against the the Dolphins. I don't know if people noticed. I tweeted it out after the time to- after it happened. Uh, they had Mahomes roll out, and they left Travis Kelsey one on one against. Six foot two, well, I think six foot four actually, 275 pound Emmanuel Agba, mm-hmm. who is a big boy. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, Agba eventually threw him to the side, which is going to happen. But that was after Travis Kelsey stayed in front of him for about three or four seconds. And guess what? That's all they needed. That's, that's, that's a block yep. right there, right? And it was a killer block in space alone. It was just such a great block, and being able to stick that block, which Kelsey has consistently since 2018 when they've run more of that look because it features – it gets Mahomes alone in space, and he can survey the field, and that's how they do a lot of shot plays. They roll him out right. They have the tight end take on a defensive end. You don't do that with guys that can't block. Kelsey's a good blocker, and Agba's having a great season, and he couldn't get there against Kelsey, and that was a huge reason for that touchdown. That play right there, the fact that they are willing to call it, exemplifies the type of player Travis Kelsey is and the fact that he was able to execute it further shows the type of player he is. And so I I just, the the blocking thing, he's a good blocker. blocker. There's also the fact that he is literally the best receiving tight end that I've ever seen. He mossed, he mossed that man. It was so disrespectful. (laughs) Um, It was so bad. So he's mossed a man. He threw a guy into another dimension against the Broncos. He who shall not be named anymore. Because uh, he doesn't even exist in NFL <laughs> contexts. Um, but there was also a play similar, Seth, last year in the snow game against the Denver Broncos where they play action, mass yep. protect. Travis Kelsey is with, I think, I, don't, I can't remember if it was with Chubb or, or it was somebody else on the defensive end. Um, Tyree Hill runs by two guys, most notably Chris Harris, for a touchdown. Because play action, Travis Kelsey, max protect. It works. It just works. And so it wouldn't, you know, if he was not good at blocking, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so, uh, like, again, the Chiefs offense is better than you probably think it is just because of those kind of examples. That hey, we have the best receiving tight end in the game. Let's not have him do what he's good at because he's also good at this. And that's going to help 
our fastest guy beat your fastest guy for a touchdown. Like, it's just, ugh. I mean, I, I hope Brian Flores didn't watch that tape. I mean, I know he did, but, like, can you imagine how, guys, can you just imagine how infuriated you would be if you got, we got four turnovers off them, and we still gave up that many points. <laughs> like, it, it would just it would just drive you kind of crazy. So, we'll see what the Dolphins do this week because they're still playing for their playoff lives. But, man, um, the Chiefs may have done some some things to them mentally that is just, you know, hard to hard to recover from. Yeah. All right, what do you guys think happens uh, on Sunday? I know we're guessing without quarterbacks, that offensive line bits our last podcast before the game, and this is uh, we're legally obligated to give a score prediction and an, and an analysis. Seth, you go first because I know you're supposed to have left three minutes ago. Chiefs put up 33, and everyone's like, what? How? And they win. Interesting. Just like 33 to nothing, defense doesn't even matter. The 33 points, and the Saints actually don't even show up. They practice against air. <laughs> and they only, I gotta so tell 30, you, Seth, if they only score 33, 33 points against, against nobody, air. wow. That's actually, well, there, a, there's some issues. There's some issues with the offensive execution. Yeah, right. you, know, you can't blame it all on play calling. Some guys trip. Uh, no, nah, I think you're gonna see 34 27. I, I, I'm having a tough time. I, I want to feel like the Chiefs will win just because I feel like they have the best player on the field. Oh, no. Um, with Are you, don't do it. I, Are you going to do it? I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to tell you. It. I wouldn't be surprised because, again, this is the last good team they played before the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. Look, it's hard to go 15-1, and one, y'all. Just ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they stumble. Wouldn't be surprised given all the things we've talked about. I will say the Chiefs, if Patrick Mah- if I know Patrick Mahomes the way I think I do, he may go nuclear on the Saints, <laughs> which would further establish the, the, the distance between the Chiefs and everybody else, despite the health concerns of key players at key positions. Um, it's probably going to be close. What you would love to see is Patrick Mahomes with the ball with a chance to win in the fourth quarter of the game of the week on, is this on CBS? I think this is on CBS, right, Josh? That's a great question. I think it is. I'm not sure, actually. I think Tony Roma and, and Jim Nance are like, whenever the Chiefs play, we're just going to be there from now on out. It's cold outside. We're just going to be with this team, with the rainy Super Bowl chips. I, I, I want to say something like, like 28. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the Chiefs averaged 30 points. Um, hell, I'll say 29, 24. Um, that, that includes a missed PAT by Harrison Bucker. I'm sorry, dog. I don't know. I'm just trying to make it interesting. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Okay. So they would they would maybe have 30 if you know Harrison Bucker makes all those PATs. So, like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just gonna shade off a point of their average, which is you know 29, 24. It, a lot changes. A lot will change between now and Sunday, unfortunately. Um, God, I want Drew Brees to play in this game, but I I, I would kinda, I would like but, that, but I kind of don't because like that would that may cripple the Saints' chances to actually be Super Bowl contenders. Because if Chris Jones hit him, it won't feel good. Yeah, it might. It might unfortunately end up crippling more than their Super Bowl chances. It might also cripple Drew Brees again because <laughs> that man's got to make sure his ribs are good. Like that's right. A He's got a real family. Injury. 
He, look, I know we always say, man, that man has a family. Drew Brees has a literal family to feed, okay? Like, right. he, he kind of needs his ribs. You you don't got to play Sunday, Drew. You you ain't got to show up, Patrick Mahomes. Why you try so hard? Just just stay down. But it'll it'll be fun if he plays. I would I would encourage it from a football standpoint. From a father-husband standpoint, don't you do that to them. Don't you mm-hmm. dare. Not worth Say, it. Say another week. Another week, dog. <laughs> I'm going to give you a score. I'm going to give you a score right now. I'm going to give you a score of 27 mm-hmm. to 17. Mm. Chiefs That's defense stands tall. 27 to 20. Is you that, said it is... out you said it out loud and I thought, "No, nah, you know what? I just I think that I just think the Saints I just think the Saints offense does not particularly scare me at this point and I well, the other thing is I'm terrified that Vegas still has this line at 3 cuz Vegas is just never wrong but this feels like a game that Chiefs should win by more than a field goal with that Drew Brees honestly. Yeah, yeah, I mean we're we're, we're going to learn a lot in the first quarter I feel like yeah. in this game. And Josh it it just comes down to tackling. Like if you're the Chiefs defense, if you tackle at a at a high level they probably will be successful. Uh, a lot of this comes down to can you tackle Taysom Hill? I know that's not I know that's not fun, but mm-hmm. but if you can do that, um, you'll be good. Alma Kamara is obviously slippery. Good luck, <laughs> good luck. But so much of their so much of their offense, the Saints is can we make one guy miss? Yeah, and and true. if and, and if hey if they can, um, that's to their benefit. Michael Thomas is he always open? So you know, just just as long as they tackle, they'll be. I think they'll be successful because I just I just don't know much like you were alluding to. I don't know how many big plays they have if missed tackles aren't involved. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting because I mean again we I don't know if we've even mentioned Michael Thomas until this point. I think we mentioned Alvin Kamara like once, but it's just their their offense feels so different from Drew Brees to yes. uh, Taysom Hill. Obviously, that it really sort of changes the whole dynamic. You can read what Nate wrote about the uh, game and, and writing this week up on the Athletic. Plus, Seth's new story is up there, and you can see his work in the Chief of the North newsletter. Nate is at ByNateTaylor on Twitter. Seth is at RealMNChiefsFan. I'm at JB Briscoe. And that'll do it for us this week. We'll be back on uh, Monday, early mo- uh, Monday morning, or probably we'll try to record Sunday night. We'll see what comes mm-hmm. out, but after the uh, the Chiefs Saints game. And then we'll figure out what we do around Christmas. We don't know yet, but we'll have the, the, post, uh, the post-Chiefs Saints show coming out relatively soon after the game. That I feel like we can probably promise uh, that's it until then nate your famous sign-off that you do every single week the same sign-off the famous catchphrase just guys listen to me just don't blitz patrick mahomes don't do it handle your business and stop blitzing <laughs> <laughs>